Hello! Oh my goodness, guys, I'm so excited. I have a new mic again. This is the third mic that I have uh, tried out on this podcast. So hopefully this one, you know, there's there, there's been some, uh, you know, sound uh, difficulties and technicalities going on with some of my episodes. But hopefully today's is nice and, uh, you know free of any extra bumping around or some other weird noises. I don't really know how they get there, but, you know, you you do what you can do. Anyway, shout out to Brett, my boss. I always refer to him as my boss on here, but he's also, like, a family friend. So, yeah, Brett, shout out to you. Thanks for the mic. We're basically a professional podcaster now. It It looks like I know what I'm doing, so... You know, it makes me feel like I know what I'm doing, which I don't. Anyway, welcome or welcome back to You Learn Something New Every Day with Chloe Vetter. I am your host. My name is Chloe. I'm excited for today's episode. It's going to be very personal and it's going to be very deep and it's going to get, you know, there's going to be some darker topics that we're going to talk about, but it's going to be a very educational episode, in my opinion. Um, so I hope you guys can learn something out of this, and that brings me to my little intro that I like to do. Uh, if you're new here, I like to emphasize mindfulness on this podcast. I really like to encourage being present in the moment, just kind of, you know, not worrying about, like, what's happened in the past, not dwelling on it, don't worry about, like, what's about to go, like, what's about to happen in the future, like, what's gonna happen, what has happened, like, just, just be in the very moment, okay, because there's a past, there's a future, but there's also a present, and a lot of us don't experience it, because we just, you know, aren't being mindful, we aren't being aware of what's going on, we aren't, you know, focusing on what's going on right in front of us, and instead we're kind of, you know, our heads in a different space. So if you are mindful and you find yourself, you know, living, you know, in the present, you're going to be like, whoa, I'm actually learning a lot of stuff because you might've heard the phrase, you learn something new every day. And as cheesy as it sounds, as, you know, cliche as it sounds, it's very true. And as long as you are being, you know, present and being aware you're going to find that you're going to learn all this new stuff just by being, you know, like just going through experiences. That's why older people are wise because they've been through more. They simply just have more experience. They just have had more time. So take what you take what you can with that. Um, I like to share one thing that I learned so far today. So today I'm recording this on Wednesday. It's August 26. Yes, I taught a class this morning. It was fun. It was a good class. I got a, I was sweating my ass off. Oh my goodness. I got a little lift in beforehand. And then afterwards, this is where um, what I learned comes into play. I went to apply for a passport. So I learned how to do like that whole process because I've never had to do that, you know? Um, and it just kind of felt like a very like official not official like an adult type of thing to do because you know I like had to go online recently and I filled out the form and I did all the online stuff paid whatever stupid fee it was like $40 just to like fill out that then I got an email and it was like okay like here's your thing like you need to open it with this and then like print it out and then bring all these other forms and like uh certifications or 
form of ID or whatever it is, like to the some location and then, you know, go from there. So I went to the post office uh, that's in my area and I, because they do um, passport applications. So I brought my application, brought my birth certificate, my check, my, what you could do a money order to, but I just was not, I just didn't feel like it. So I wrote a check and yeah, that's, that's really all I learned. I mean, that's not all I learned, but that's what I learned today that I'm going to talk about to you guys. So yeah, how to apply for a passport. I did that. And now all I have to do is wait for it to come in the mail. Except I'm anxious though. I don't know why. Okay, literally this is the topic. I'm so anxious about freaking my birth certificate. The lady was like, okay, like you'll get it back 10 days after you get your passport in the mail. Um, And if you don't like call this number and I'm like wait like I like need that like it's my actual birth certificate and I don't know I just I've never I don't know I don't know that's just me I just feel weird about it like being somewhere I don't know where it is but it's all gonna be okay it's all gonna be okay okay anyway I'm excited for that I'll tell you guys more about the trip that I'm gonna be going on and why I need a passport later on but I want to get into today's episode because I got a lot of stuff I want to touch on Okay, so if you are new here, I'm going to give you some context. Hello, my name is Chloe. I'm 18 years old, and I am a spin instructor. I'm in the fitness industry full-time right now, and, you know, I do some other side stuff. I do the podcast. I run the social media and marketing for um, this online, like, live streaming platform for uh, fitness classes. So that'll be – I'll tell you guys more about that when that's kind of, like, launched and, like – you know, we're like rebranding something. So anyway, that's, that's what I do. And I'm not in school. I graduated from high school a year early. And part of the reason was because of my mental health and how school affected me. So we're going to talk about pretty much my history with depression and anxiety. That's the main focus we're going to talk about today. Um, depression and anxiety are a lot more common than you think. However, it's definitely they're definitely terms that are thrown around a lot. So it can be it can I mean it, it they're both it's confusing. It's confusing. I'll I'll get more into it. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to tell you guys more of like my personal experience and my my story, I guess, if you will, and then I'm going to talk more about, you know, the 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 brain disorders in general um because it is you know it's a mental illness it's a mental disorder your brain chemicals there's something off there's something wrong it's not anything you can help it's not oh stop being sad stop worrying no like you you can't help it and that's probably one of the biggest things that makes it even worse like that's just kind of like it's adding fire to fire like when you're so confused about why you feel something or why you feel a certain way, or why you don't feel a certain way, or why, why you, you know, like, it say something really happy happens to you, and you're just like, I literally, like, why am I, like, upset? Why am I, like, sad? Why do I not give a shit? And then you get upset with yourself, because you're like, why can't I be happy? And it's just this constant cycle of being confused, and, you know, like, upset with yourself, and you just don't understand, and that makes it worse. That makes it 10 times worse because then you're just even harder on yourself in the end 
mental illness is a lot of battling your own self in your head. It's a lot of, it's a lot, it's a lot that goes on in your head. There's a lot that, you know, can go on in your brain, but let's, let's get into, uh, my, my thing. So there's a family history. My dad has struggled with both depression and anxiety, um, in the past, uh, you know, like a long time ago and also like a few years ago, like somewhat recently. And I've, you know, he, he's also, I just want to quickly say shout out to him because I would not be here without him at all. And he has helped me more than he will ever know. Oh my God. Why am I tearing up right now? Guys? No, 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 no. I can't do that. I can't do that. Whoa. It's not even 10 minutes in. Okay. I'm fine. I just, I just, long story short, my dad has helped me through the toughest times of my life and vice versa. I've been there for him for some really tough times in his life. And we just, I don't know, we just have each other's backs and he's the one who always understands me. You know, like he notices if I'm not myself, if I'm slipping into, you know, more of a depression, if I'm like, you know, losing myself a little bit, he notices and he knows how to talk to me and how to, you know, get stuff out of me and how to, you know, like, he he just gets me. He knows how my brain works. He knows how, you know, you know, he he just gets it. He, he's been there. He's seen it firsthand. He's taken me to the appointments. He's taking me to, you know, so on. So anyway, shout out to him. But yeah, so he has struggled with it in the past. So it's already in the family history. His dad definitely... His dad was like an alcoholic, drug addict. I talked about this in my last episode. The addiction is an uh, addictive personality. But that ran in his family. I'm not really sure about his mom. I haven't, I honestly haven't talked too much about it. But yes, it does run in the family. And then on my mom's side, I don't know anything officially, but there's, there's, there's definitely some, uh, you know, depression, anxiety on that side of the family. So it runs in the family, and, uh, yeah, I was just, you know, lucky enough to have been, uh, I don't even know what I was trying to say, lucky enough to have had it, no, that is, no, I would not wish it on anybody, but I've learned a lot, I've learned a lot, no regrets, honestly, I mean, not that I could, like, regret being depressed, because I can't help it, but, like, Honestly, it's taught me so much. It's taught me so, so, so much. Not only that, it's just shown me how, like, just how, like, mentally tough I can be. Because as, as, as weak and, you know, small as you can feel when you're at a low point like that, that's honestly some of the strongest people, the ones that keep going when they're at that point. Because I've been there, and I'm going to talk to you guys about it, and I've been there, and let me tell you, it, it's, it's so hard. I don't even know how I got through it, if I'm being honest. I really don't. It's an everyday battle. That's the other thing. I haven't even technically gotten through. I mean, I've gotten through a very, very low point, but it, it, it always, it, it'll always kind of be there. You know, it lingers. It doesn't go away. It's not, you know, it's it's a disorder. It's a disease. It's not, you know, just 
a little blip in the like you know what I mean like it, it it doesn't go away it doesn't go away you can't get rid of it you can't fight it you just gotta kind of you know learn to live with it and cope with it and don't let it control your life but yeah I'll get in more into that I'm getting ahead of myself but anyway also with the family history I was diagnosed and in, in therapy for OCD since I was like really little I have an episode on that as well but just to give you some context, that was my situation. I was already familiar with, you know, like the whole therapy and all that. I had my own issues going on. And um, yeah, so that was that. Middle school. Let's talk about middle school. I was always, you know, a happy kid. I was very athletic. I loved to be outside. I loved to be just running around doing dumb shit. I was such a tomboy in elementary school. I literally would just wear like the same three t-shirts and like boys basketball shorts that I got from Sports Authority and you know, I loved it, you know? I was comfy, I didn't give a shit. So I was pretty you know, I was a little free spirit. And middle school came around and, you know, like the peer pressure and social uh difficulties started to kick in and, you know, in middle school you start to be like, Whoa, what am I? <laughs> like, what am I doing? Who am I? Who are my friends? And you don't actually find your real friends, honestly, in middle school. You you could. You could. There are some few ones. But um, in the end, for me, I am not really close with uh, most of my middle school friends, which is totally fine. You know, they have their things. I have mine. We just straight up didn't have the same interests and, uh, you know, goals with life or whatever. But, yeah, so that was middle school. That's when the, like, you know, insecurities start to kick in, I guess. But that's also when my parents started to have some, you know, difficulties. My, I don't want to, like, get too into it because I could, you know, go down that rabbit hole. But my parents were clearly not okay. They were fighting they, you know, had issues, they just, I could see it in my dad's face, he just wasn't happy, and my mom just, you know, was kind of pretending everything was fine, which drove me up a wall, because everything was not fine, and I think she just wanted, she just loved the idea of, you know, having a family together, which is totally, like, I'm not saying that's wrong, like, that is, she's very in the right that is a very valid feeling and want in life but there comes a point where it's not even you're not even holding on for the kids anymore you're not you know trying to hold the family together for the kids anymore there comes a point where it's it's worse for the kids and I was at that age where I could understand stuff like that, but my siblings, and I also just straight up overheard a lot of shit that I shouldn't have. I saw a lot of stuff I shouldn't have. I, you know, just, I just knew more than I should have. And my mom vented to me. She's the one that leaned on me. And that, you know, made it hard because I'm hearing all this awful stuff about my father. And, you know, what am I supposed to do? Like, like believe her or tell her like no I don't believe it and then like she gets mad at me I don't know like it, it was a messy situation I 
I have learned so much from that situation. It really, really, really sucked. It caused me a lot of like pain and, you know, inner, inner, uh, difficulties, inner demons, but, uh, it taught me a lot. And when I am a mother, I am going to, I mean, God forbid I ever get a divorce. I, that is the last thing I want. Sorry if you guys hear my dogs. They're kind of like wrestling in the background. Um, God forbid I ever get a divorce, but, or like, or honestly, just anything awful happened like that. But I, from, you know, personal experience, I know that I will never lean on my kid in that way. And I won't talk negatively about, you know, whoever I, their other parent is. Um, and I just, I, I, that's just something I feel strongly about. Um, I don't agree with kind of bashing the other parent because it makes it a two-sided thing when it doesn't need to be, you know, like you should be able to, unless you're, I mean, it's it, like, if my dad was like, you know, out on the streets, like selling heroin and like shooting up, like, yeah, no shit. Like you don't want to, you don't want me to see him again. But like, if he, if you guys are just straight up having difficulties and he's just not in it anymore and he's kind of, you know, uh, not just not into the marriage how it used to be and just not, you know, things changed. It doesn't mean that you can, like, talk shit about him to me. Because that'll put stuff in my head. And then I'm only, my dad didn't do that to me. So I'm sitting there, I have all this negative like stuff about my dad that has been told to me, invented to me over and over and over again. I'm going to start to believe it, whether it's true or not. It, it's going to be in my head somehow. And it's, it's hard. It's so hard. And then, you know, my dad doesn't want to like talk, like tell me too much, but my mom already told me too much. And then my dad's like, well, shit, I don't like know what to tell you. Or like, you know, he didn't want to do what my mom was doing by, you know, talking about her. And so it was just a very confusing, messy situation. And I felt like I only was getting one side of the story. And I was, I only was getting one side of the story. And that side was a very emotionally, uh, influenced side. Whoa, Daisy, Daisy, you got to hush. I'm podcasting right now. Um, but yeah, it was very, her, her words and actions were very influenced by emotion, um, which is very understandable. Uh, you know, if you're married to someone and you guys are having issues and you, you know, separate and have, you know, questions about your relationship, I, I get it. That is so upsetting and hurtful and hard. And I can't imagine that. And so I'm not. I'm not trying to like invalidate anything that they, you know, said or did. I'm not real. I'm just kind of telling you guys what happened. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what happened with that. I started to get brought in the middle of everything and I felt just very upset, confused and angry. And I started to feel these like super strong emotions and it just kind of started to get too much and that kind of triggered me into my depression I guess I guess I mean here's the thing 
I wasn't depressed because my parents were having issues. Like, that's not what happened. I was depressed because my brain chemicals are fucked up. And once I started to feel those type of emotions, it kind of triggered, you know, it kind of triggered that, like, emotional confusion. And then, I don't know, it just kind of went downhill from there. But... That was the end of seventh grade when the second half of the year when shit started to go down with my parents. And then in May, my dad moved out, actually. They were separated and he was still in the neighborhood, but I didn't really talk to him because think about this. I'm only being told shit from my mom. Of course, I'm not going to, you know, think too fondly of my dad if it's I'm only hearing stuff from my mom. Like, it just was a very... Whoa, Daisy. I'm so sorry for that bark. She just wants to be on the podcast. Daisy, come here. But, yeah. Anyway, I was upset. I was angry. I was so confused. And then that summer was where things really got really bad for me. Um, I began to self-harm. For the first time, uh, my method of self-harm was cutting. I would cut my wrist, and I started doing it out of anger, and I don't really know why I would do it, and I would do it when I'd get very, very upset and angry and, like, didn't know how to control it, and I think I would do it kind of for, like, some type of release, and then I would just kind of look at it, you know, there'd be, you know, bleeding and... I would just kind of cry even more because I was so confused. I'm like, why am I doing this? But it it just kind of got worse from there, and I kept doing it. And the thing is, this is during the summertime. I did swim. You can see. My coach slash family friend, Zoe, I shout out to you, Zoe. I love you so much. She's like my older sister. She's always been there for me. She was the head coach. and Or was she? Yeah, she was the head coach. Um, yeah, she she's the one who told her, who, you know, was concerned, and she talked to her dad about it because they, we're all family friends, and their dad uh, talked to my parents about it because they just loved me, and, you know, they just were concerned, and they just didn't know what was happening. So my parents found out pretty soon that I was doing it. Um, you know, it's not like I was trying to hide it necessarily that good. It was just kind of on my wrist, and, you know, if I was in a bathing suit and I was at the pool, it, you know, it it's out. It's out. I'm not wearing long sleeves or whatever. But, yeah, my parents were separated from the, for the summer. I would get super angry because there was just so much back and forth, you know, like, they'd be talking, my dad would be over, and I'm like, why the fuck is he over here? Like, I got very upset with my mom because I... You know, she'd tell me all this shit, and then she'd be, you know, talking to him on the porch for, like, five hours the next night. And I'm like, dude, you don't make sense. You are giving me such mixed signals. And then she'd get upset for me, like, not talking to him because I wouldn't talk to him. There was a good year where I didn't talk to him, which is crazy to think about now because he's my best fucking friend. But sorry I keep cussing on this, but, you know, it's my podcast. I don't really care. Um... 
But yeah, so I was very confused. That's where a lot of the like anger and confusion came from. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, he'd be over and I'm like, wait, what the, you're not making sense. You were just talking so much shit about him last night being like, he's never coming over. Like this doesn't make sense. So I got upset. I got confused. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the summer, my dad actually ended up moving back in and I lost I, I lost it. I lost my mind. I did not. I don't really remember what happened, but I remember just me like screaming and I'm like about to go in eighth grade, by the way. I'm like, you know, yelling. I'm crying. I was telling him to like, you know, leave, like get your shit out of the closet because um, he was like hanging up his clothes and stuff. And I think I probably started throwing some stuff, like, clothes, just, like, on the floor, you know, like, being, like, get out of here, but, yeah, that was a very bad breakdown, and, uh, my mom didn't know how to control me when I got like that, so she didn't really handle it the best, uh, she'd handle it, uh, physically, and I'd get hurt, and that would upset me even more and then she would verbally hurt me very bad that would upset me even more and it just got very messy very fast and I got very upset very fast I literally was having a full-on breakdown and she's like like holding me down like yelling at me and I'm like dude dude I'm not okay right now. I can't breathe. And, you know, then they're like, you're being dramatic. And I'm like, I'm not. Like, I, I can't breathe right now. But, yeah, so I, you know, it got bad. I'll spare you the rest of the details. But um, long story short, my dad ends up, they, I don't agree with this. They used calling the cops as a threat all the time. They're like, you don't listen to us. We're going to call the cops. Like, th that is so fucked up i'm sorry i i hate that i hate that so much but my dad called the cops and they come and i'm like crying on my bed i'm in my pajamas it's nighttime i am embarrassed i'm confused i am hurt i feel so betrayed i'm like how could you guys just call the cops and now they're in some teenage girl's room and they're like you know they just think it's some type of you know like like little tantrum like it, it's it, it upset me so much and it invalidated me so much and it made me feel so small and at that moment I felt completely powerless I was like the cops are here like it's that's it you know I can't do anything anymore and yeah not having control is something that really uh has always been a big uh struggle for me if I don't have control uh reminder I had OCD and all that or I have it you know so anyway I didn't have that sense of control so I was getting upset uh they ended up telling me that I had to go to FMH because I you know had the cuts on my wrist and they like saw it and so went there my mom drove me and they like followed her and then I went down to like the purple floor, the purple zone, which is, like, the psych, psych zone, psych ward, and, uh, yeah, it was, like, a Looney Tune down there, 
uh, I had to wear my, you know, gown, and then they put you in a box, which was, you know, they called it a room, but it was just some, like, container, and there's a bed, that's it, nothing in there, because, you know, there's some, uh, possibilities for some dark stuff that can happen if you have certain stuff in the room, so, not really much in there, we just laid in there, we were there all freaking night, it's like five in the morning, the doctor finally talks to me, and then, you know, she concluded that I was not, I had calmed down, I was exhausted at that point, I'm like, I just want to go home, honestly, um, I had school the next day, I didn't end up going, and my mom gave me shit for that, but, I didn't end up going, so, but yeah, we talked, she concluded that I was safe enough to go home, and that I wouldn't, you know, I didn't need to go to, like, an inpatient facility, so, we just drove right back, and as, it literally was as pointless as it sounds, that whole trip, that whole thing was for nothing, the cops, everything was just very extreme, (sighs) anyway, that's, that's middle school, eighth grade followed, uh, it was a hard year, kept self-harming, kept getting sad, it just kind of kept getting worse, Fast forward, uh, freshman year, same type of thing. Sophomore year. That's when things got really, 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 really bad for me. I was just so low. Um, you know, everything just got worse. I I was still in, uh, therapy, by the way. So, I'm still in therapy. I lost the anger that I had for everything sophomore year. I lost that anger, but... I also lost pretty much all other emotions, and I was just kind of numb, and that's what depression is. It's not being sad. It's being numb to your emotions. Like, you literally, I don't even know how to explain it other than that. You sit there. You don't feel anything. Mentally, physically, you don't feel anything, and it's a weird feeling, and it's a scary feeling, and it can make you, you know, It's not yourself. You're not yourself. You don't have the feeling, so you don't know how to, you know, make some choices. And it can backfire. But, yeah, I was just very numb emotionally. And I was very exhausted emotionally, physically. You're always exhausted with depression. It really takes a toll on you. You're just always numb and tired as shit like tired emotionally socially you don't have a social battery like that shit's always drained you can't you you don't have that light in your eye you don't have that personality that you you know like once might have had or you might like you probably still have but it's so far deep in there and you're so far lost that you don't even know You don't even know how to, you know, bring that personality back out again. You don't know how to bring that emotion back. And it's hard, and it's confusing, and it's scary. And all of that, the confusion doesn't help anything. It just makes it so much worse. Because then you're, you know, you're sitting there having, you know, a a breakdown. And you're just kind of laying there crying. You don't even feel anything. You don't even know why you're crying. And then you're like, why am I feeling like this? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, why? There's no reason. Why am I sitting here crying and not feeling anything? Like, why? And then you're sitting there just like, why, why, why? 
and then you know it just it just it's a cycle it makes you get very um it makes you get very hard on yourself and again that doesn't help because then you end up just kind of fighting yourself and you're fighting that voice that you think is you but it's not you the voice that's telling you you know that's you know telling you to hurt yourself or you know that you're upset or you don't want to do anything or that you're so tired like like it it's it's so hard it's so hard but you got to understand that is not that's not you at the end of the day it's it's just simply something wrong that you need to learn how to cope with you need to learn how to manage and um just learn how to not let it control your life because that's what was happening at this point in my life. It controlled my life. School was bad. I just sat there looking tired as shit every day. I wore just like sweatpants. I didn't care. And you just don't really care about anything. So you stop putting effort into a lot of stuff. And I'm someone who, like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to, if I'm passionate about it, I'm going to give, I'm going to put everything into it and more. You know what I mean? Like, I am going to go all in. So, for me to not be doing my schoolwork, for me to not give a care about my schoolwork, for me to come home and not be cleaning my room for me to have a messy room, for me to not shower every day, which I also was, like, a germaphobe, so, like, the showering thing, like, I was, like, very obsessive with, like, being clean and stuff. That's how you know it got really bad. Because I would shower every single day. I wouldn't get in my bed unless I, like, fully showered. Like, literally. I wouldn't sit on my bed with clothes from school. I would change the second I got home. That was a lot of, like, middle school. But, um, yeah. Anyway... That's how you knew it got bad when I stopped, you know, taking care of myself as much and not being hygienic and not, you know, doing basic stuff. I stopped eating. I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> I was very tiny. I was like, and and I talk about, like, I have a whole episode on my, you know, past with disordered eating and, you know, like my disordered habits and thoughts and stuff. But, um, yeah, I've never... I've never been diagnosed with anything, but I've also never talked to anybody about it. I was in therapy for a long time, but I almost didn't accept that I had something like that. So, like, for myself in my own head, so I didn't talk about it to anybody. Um, But other than that, I would tell my therapist everything. But, um, yeah, I, I was sad. I was suicidal. And it was, it was very hard. It was very scary. Um, I, this is about to get kind of dark. <laughs> um, I would leave notes. I, not leave them, but, you know, I'd write notes. I'd plan stuff. I'd, you know, um, I had a little, in my notes, in my phone, I had a will that I wrote. Um, because that was one of my worst fears, honestly, is like, leaving the earth and you know acting out of impulse and not having like that last word because I knew here's the thing 
that was uh, that, having unfinished business. That was my worst thing. And that, at the end of the day, I I've come very close to attempting. I've come, I have attempted, and each time, in the back of my head, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was. Never knew what it was, but. I had some type of sense of unfinished business. I didn't know who it involved. I didn't know what it was. But I always kind of had the tiniest little, 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 little sliver of, you know, hope for one more day. And that's kind of how you have to go when you have something like that and it's taken that big of a toll on you. You got to take it day by day. Every single day is, you know, every time that every day that you get up out of bed, that can be so difficult. There were days where I would be in bed until like 4 or 5 p.m. And my parents are like, you need to get up. You need to eat something. You need to, you know, open your blinds. Okay, I had those like... um light blocking like curtains the one that like literally block all light out and my room would just be pitch dark and I wouldn't even be doing anything in there I'd just be sitting in there just laying down just just doing nothing just laying there in my own thoughts because I'm I'm telling you I'm numb it's like it's like the lights are on but nobody's home like you look at me and it's like my eyes are glazed over like you're just you're not there you're really not there and it's so upsetting to see that happen to someone like from the other side. And I've been on both sides, you know, I've been on the the side where you're looking at someone who you love so so much and you you just feel so powerless and you don't know how to help them. Because in the end, you can't I mean, you can you can try. You can do some stuff that might help a tiny bit, but at the end of the day, there's there's only so much you can do and it's a very powerless feeling and it's a very difficult feeling it's an upsetting feeling but yeah I was very suicidal throughout my entire high school uh experience my three years that I was there I graduated early but uh um sorry I'm just like blanking right now but yeah that's that's what happened. I would leave I would write notes a lot. I would just sit there crying and I would, you know, leave a message for my dad or my siblings because I love them so much and like my nana and stuff and then I would get so upset with myself because I'd be thinking of them and I'd be like, "God damn it. Like I can't leave my nana here with her first grandchild who she loves so much and who she's been so loving and caring and nurturing to like I can't leave her I I can't leave I can't I can't do that I can't do that to her and here's the thing a lot of people will call you know say that suicides are um selfish and I don't really agree with that because yes you could deeply care about someone and maybe some people could see it being selfish because you're not thinking about you know the pain that it's going to cause them because yes suicide doesn't really fix 
anything. It just kind of passes the pain along to someone else in a different form. Um, but it passes it on to a lot of people. And the thing is, when you're in the moment, when you, you, when you've completely lost yourself like that, you, you don't, you don't think about anyone else. You don't care. You literally don't care. You don't give a shit. And it's nothing personal. You just don't have the energy to care. You don't have the emotions to care. You don't even, you don't even know, you, you literally don't know where you went and where your spark went and where your drive went. So why, why would you care? You know, like, why would you be thinking about like all the other people in your life? You know what I mean? So just put that in perspective. I know it's confusing if you haven't been through it, but it's, it's when, when you're in the moment, I'm telling you, you don't, you're not there. You're not there. It is not you in your, in your, in your brain. But, um, yeah, I was hospitalized. I have another episode on that. I was hospitalized. Uh, I was in an inpatient facility for like six days. Um, six, seven. Uh, I talk about the whole experience with the psych hospital in a different episode, but yeah, I was hospitalized sophomore year after a breakdown and an attempt. Um, that was, I think the last attempt I did. I don't remember actually, but, um, yeah, I had cut myself very bad. Um, and I just, you know, I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted it to stop. Uh, I didn't see a point. I didn't want to do anything. That's the other thing. You don't want to do anything in the moment. So what in hell makes you think you have motivation and drive? Like for like, oh, like one day it'll be... Ba-. No, like y- what about right now? One day it'll be okay. No, what about... Like I want it to be okay right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, the hospital put me on meds. Also, before, no, I'll talk about that later. The hospital put me on meds. I wasn't on meds before. I was weird about medicine uh, for a very long time. You know, I had my OCD meds and then I like wouldn't take them and then people would get pissed at me because they're like, Chloe, you can't just stop taking them. And I'm like, bruh, yeah, I can. (laughs) But no, yeah, I don't do that. Um, I was very weird about medicine. I don't really know why, but... Uh, at the hospital, they were like, you need to be on meds. So I got put on meds and then I left once they felt it was safe for me to return home and not be under that type of supervision. So I go home, uh, I, they like hook me up with some psychiatrist that's like under their same company or brand. And I, you know, start to see her and I keep taking what I was taking. And later on, I like a changed to a different medicine because that just wasn't working and um I am still on meds to this day and no they're not for everybody and everybody can react differently but for me I okay medicine med you you can't just take meds and everything is like fixed no that not at all not at all if the, you go into taking antidepressants or medicine for like your anxiety and you're like oh this is gonna fix it no you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna screw yourself over because 
that is not the case. You still have to put in the work. You still have to, you know, go to therapy or talk to somebody about it that you trust and work it out and learn how to cope with it because the medicine can't do all the work. The medicine is there to kind of help balance out those brain chemicals because that's why you might feel that like lack of emotion and, you know, feeling because your brain chemicals are messed up. So that's what the medicine kind of does. It kind of helps balance that out. And it, 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 for me, it kind of it kind of made me feel a little bit, just a little bit lighter. You know, it 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 kind of made the cloud, the dark ass rain cloud that was over my head, not be a rain cloud anymore. You know, it it, it helped me just not feel that such deep sense of darkness and doom. And yeah, it just kind of you know it it just kind of. It doesn't make you good, it doesn't make you happy, but it kind of, it helps you pull you out of that dark hole that you, you know, some people just aren't able to get out of themselves in the first place. And that is totally fine because you shouldn't, you know, you, you don't, you don't, if you don't have to and, you, and you've tried and you like can't and whatever, like it's, meds are not to be ashamed of, like, I'm on I'm on meds. I'm with you. But uh yeah, so I've been on meds ever ever since. Uh it's been I've switched meds though. Um but I found what works for me and I love my psychiatrist now. I've changed uh twice since the first one I had, but um yeah, I love the psychiatrist who I'm with right now. As for therapy, I haven't been in therapy in well over a year now which is kind of weird because I've literally been in it my whole life. I've had like, you know, five or six, maybe even more therapists in my, definitely more. What am I saying? Um, let's see. We had, we had Anne, we had Jenny, we had, um, who else? There was some other woman who I talked to. I don't remember her name. Uh, some other woman, uh, some other woman, I don't even, I, I literally don't know any of their names, but anyway, good amount of people I've talked to. Uh, therapy is amazing, I highly recommend, however, it does take a bit to find, it, it can take a bit to find someone that you, like, feel comfortable with and that you click with, because there are some therapists, some some are really great, and I've found some really amazing ones, but some of them, you know, they kind of get in the industry for the wrong reasons, and they aren't okay themselves, you know what I mean? And uh, that can show. And sometimes it'll be about them. And you're like, dude, is this even allowed? Like, what are you talking about? Why are you telling me about like your son or your kids, like in your relationship? Like, I I don't, I don't, (laughs) you know what I mean? So anyway, therapy is very, very helpful and very necessary. Um, without it, I do not think I'd be here at all. I know that for a fact, honestly, because I, I mean, I was seeing my one therapist, Jenny, for, uh, like, she, she's the one that I was talking to when I went to the hospital, so, like, I came back from the hospital, and then I, like, saw her, and she's like, oh my gosh, like, I haven't seen you, like, your dad texted me and, like, told me what happened and stuff like that, so, um, she was very good for me at that time she really understood me 
Um, and I just felt a lot better. And I don't know, she just got me in a different way. And I really appreciated that. But yeah, anyway, enough about therapy. So that's kind of, uh, you know, what has happened. Um, uh, I still struggled a lot the rest of sophomore year. Beginning of junior year was really hard. But then that junior year turned into my senior year because I was like, yo, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm graduating early. And my mood instantly, I just, I saw hope again. And I, you know, felt like, okay, I I can do this. I can get out of this. I'm making things happen for myself. And, you know, oh, also when I was out of the hospital at that very, that was like one of the lowest points of my life. I started my job at CycleFit and like literally like two weeks after I was out of the hospital, I started working the front desk. They had no idea, but we are, we're here today and I teach there and that place brings me so much joy and happiness and sense of community and I just I I love being a part of something bigger than myself. You know, like I don't even know how to explain it, but that that place, that job, it means I I don't I don't know. I I wouldn't give up teaching for anything. I'm being serious. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, dude, like if I ever get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, like I don't think you understand. Like I would probably break up with them before I had to, like, never see them again before I had to, like, stop teaching. And I'm being so serious. I don't know if that makes me, like, fucked up, but I'm just being honest. But anyway, enough about that. Um, For self-harm, I mentioned it um, earlier about how I would do that. I also, around sophomore year, when I would cut, I would... I was also in swim in the winter and I did diving as well. And this affected my performance so much. Diving, I had an awful panic attack the day of regionals sophomore year and I literally didn't compete. I didn't dive. I you warmed up and I just felt kind of off all day. Went in the bathroom, just lost it and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't, you know, like it, it was, it wasn't even about the meat. It was about just, you know, that's just how I was. That's just what would happen. I'd be in class, and I had a crisis pass, so I could go to guidance if I, like, you know, was about to break down. I love my counselor. Shout out to her. But, um, I would just go to the bathroom. Not even go to the bathroom. I'd just be sitting in class sometimes because I'm like, I can't use this all the time. But I'd be crying all the time. I'd just be sitting there just, like, upset and just, like, not feeling anything and just crying. And everyone's like, this girl is not okay. And I'm like, dude, I know. But... Uh, yeah, the self-harm gave me that sense of control, which I mentioned earlier, how I really, uh, thrive off of that. And, yeah, I wouldn't feel anything, so I would cut. And it started out with that anger and that, like, sense of release, but, um, after a while, it just kind of became something that I, you know, went to. Um, I had, you know, some, uh, tools next to my bed. When I say tools, I mean, like, scissors or something. But, um, yeah. (sighs) But uh, therapy helped a lot with that. Um, I was able to, you know, walk into my dad's room sometimes when I was, you know, in 
a dark place and I would walk in with the scissors and I'd hand them to him and just be like, I need you to hold these for me. I need you to put these somewhere. And we, it wouldn't even have to be a conversation. He'd just be like, I'm like, thank you. I'm proud of you. I, I'll, I'll put these somewhere. And that was that. And that was so helpful because I didn't even feel like ashamed or anything. It was more like just me, like with my own voice. But once I got myself to finally walk up to my dad and hand them to him, I didn't even have to say anything. I didn't have to do anything. That helped a lot. And that saved me from a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of pain and cuts, literally. But, um, yeah, my therapist and my parents knew about it. Um, I eventually started to hide it, actually, because I just, you know, I started to understand it and I still did it anyway. And so that upset me and I didn't want to talk about it anymore. So I started cutting on my hip. Um, also with swim and diving, you know, I didn't want it to be on my wrist where people could see. I didn't want people to see at school. So I did it on my hip. Uh, sometimes they would kind of peek out like underneath, like where my suit came up on my side. Um, so I would like literally like, like, like make a mental note of where my suit was so that I could avoid it showing. So, um, I was very good about covering it up. And that kind of went on for a while more. And I still have some scars there to this day. But luckily, they're not that bad. Um, you really have to look to see them. But, um, yeah. Uh, something exciting, though. Uh, September 14th of 2019. So, almost a year ago. Uh, that was the last time that I have self-harmed. And I never saw myself uh, going a full year. I never saw myself going a month, let alone a year, without doing that. And I, it's, I'm extremely proud of myself for this because I genuinely did not see myself making it that long living let alone like you know self-harming but or not self-harming but yeah I I've come very close <laughs> multiple occasions I've had some you know very shitty stuff this has been a very difficult year very difficult oh my goodness there has been I've been to I, like I I so much so much I've been to hell and back but I didn't, I didn't do it. I'm still here. I didn't, I didn't hurt myself. I've been learning, I've been working, and it's been really, 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 really hard. But we're almost there. We almost made it a year, a year clean. I've never been able to say that. I think the longest time before that, because I had been, like, kind of, like, trying to, like, stop like that, you know? Like, I think I made it, like four months before that or something like that and then like I did it and then I was extra mad at myself because that's the other thing when you start to build that streak and then you break it oh my gosh that is so hard to come back from because you're just beating yourself up but 
yeah, just needed to, you know, toot my own horn a little bit. Um, I'm almost a year clean. So, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm very proud of that. A few more things and then uh, we'll wrap this up. But enough about me. I want to talk some about, like, stereotypes for depression. People assume that you're always sad and, like, you know, just, like, low and just kind of, like, moping around. That is not the case. You aren't even sad. You're just, it's a deep, dark sense of doom. And you just feel numb and upset and, like, angry and confused. And then that confusion fuels the, like, anger and upset. And then you feel so much at once that eventually just kind of all shuts down at once. It's like your body is like protecting you from the emotions because the emotions are so strong and so harsh on your body. It just kind of shuts everything off and you just kind of go numb. So that's depression. If you're sitting there and you're like, (laughs) I'm so sad. My mommy won't buy me, you know, a new iPhone. I'm sad. I'm depressed. No, you're not. Stop throwing around the terms loosely. It pisses me off. It invalidates people who are actually struggling with this. You laying in bed and being lazy doesn't make you depressed. That just makes you lazy. It is a difference. It is such a difference. Man, I'm going to get like heated for no reason. Everything is just foggy, honestly. You, you don't even know what's going on around you. You're just going through the motions. You're not in your head. You, you're not anywhere. You're just kind of floating around, going through the motions. You know, you're not, you're, you don't feel anything. Everything's foggy. There's no motivation. No drive. No, you know, nothing. You don't, you don't, it's, you don't want to do anything. You don't care to do anything. Nothing will fix it, quote-unquote fix. You know, nothing, nobody will, nobody can say anything, and, like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I feel better. I mean, some people might be able to say some stuff and talk to people that might help them, you know, but if I'm, when I was sitting there, you know, depressed as hell, like, numb as shit, like, like, angry and just confused and just, like, I, I don't care, I don't have a single care in the world, about anything when you're sitting there and you're already like that and your brain's already like that I'm sorry but no matter what you say to me it's not gonna change how I feel because I can't help it like trust me I know that I have a roof over my head I know that I have, you know, uh, like siblings that I love and I, I know that I am able to go to this school and get this good education. I know that I have all these blessings, but that just makes me feel even shittier when you're like, oh, you have all these, like, think about that. Yeah, no shit, I'm aware. And that's what makes it so much harder because I don't know why I'm this upset. I don't know why I'm this low. I don't know why I'm this hopeless. Because I have, I have these blessings, you know, like I am fortunate in multiple aspects. There should be no reason I'm feeling this way. And that's what makes it so much harder. So don't be sitting there telling people to count their blessings or whatever and being like, oh, like you're just being ungrateful. If they're depressed, that is going to make them feel 
that is going to make them feel a very, very bad feeling. And they're going to get angry at themselves. And then they're going to, you know, want to hurt themselves. And that's a bad cycle. So be careful. Don't, don't, you know, invalidate people. Nothing will fix anything in the end. No meds, no therapy, no time. Nothing will fix it. It's always going to be there in some way. However, you do get stronger. And you do learn. And you... you, you It doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. And it's hard to hear that when you're at a very low point. You know, people would tell me that who have been at that low point who are, you know, in the same situation as me and they're kind of like how I am now. It's so hard to hear. I'm like, that's bullshit. Shut up. No, it's not going to get easier. Like, cause you know, you feel like there's, you're in a dark hole and you're never getting out. There's no hope. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's very hard to understand and, you know, process that, you know, you can have a life, you can have a beautiful life you can do something with yourself you can make something of yourself it's very easy to not recognize that so when people would tell me that I would you know I wouldn't listen I wouldn't take it in I'd be like yeah right stop telling me that you're just telling me that but anyway it's your brain chemicals okay it's not a freaking choice Okay, can't tell anyone to just be happy or just stop worrying. It, you, you can't help it, okay? You can't help it. And I get that's hard to understand if you haven't been through it or you haven't witnessed it, like, firsthand, like, you know, by a family member in your household or something. But it's, it's, it's not a choice. <laughs> Trust me, nobody wants to make that choice to have it, you know what I mean? Like, to go through that. But... Another thing, triggers. So many different things can trigger so many people depending on their, you know, their experiences and, you know, what they've been through. Um, I, I, I haven't, I didn't write down much to say about triggers other than they can be extreme and they can be, you know, not what you expected for some people, but they're very real and they're very... triggering (laughs) you know like they can trigger some very bad emotions I hear some songs today that I listened to when I was at that super low point and I get you know like flashbacks I just kind of disassociate and I like get flashbacks of how I felt so that's just one example um you know maybe someone like used to eat a lot maybe someone had you know bulimia and they would eat the same you know like type of, I don't know, like, donut or bread or something, and then they would, you know, throw it up, and now, if they're better now, like, they think back, they see that bread, they eat that, they taste it, they smell it, whatever, all those thoughts and memories are going to come flooding back, so if you're aware of someone's triggers, be mindful of that, because it, you, triggers can be so extreme so fast, and you you know it's it's just a very fast thing that can happen what else anxiety people always assume that you're just anxious that's not true it's not oh i'm so anxious about my 
my my test tomorrow. I have anxiety. No, you don't. You're just being a normal person who has nervousness and excitement. That's the other thing. People mix up excitement with nervousness a lot. And uh, you just got to flip it around and be like, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. Anyway, it's not just, you know, being nervous or whatever. Anxiety is a constant battle with yourself in your head. Constant. It affects your mindset. It affects your physical health. You know, like you feel it. You you have, you know, like you might feel like shit mentally, but you also are going to feel like maybe jittery or anxious as fuck all the time. Or, you know, like that feeling in your stomach, like you're going to puke at any moment. Like that's not even, you know, anxiety. Anxiety is like that constant worrying. Whether it's logical reason or not, you're just always worrying. And it's, again, with the depression, it's hard to understand if you haven't gone through it. But, yeah, you're, you're always worrying whether it makes sense or not. Um, for me, I've always been a worrier. Uh, really bad, actually. And that's actually the biggest reason that I, like, stay up at night when I, you know, I have some sleep issues. I am still working on that a lot. But um, it's gotten a lot better. But I can't fall asleep at night. Because my brain, it's like it turns on the second I try to go to sleep. It's like, oh shit, let's worry some, you know? Like, let's let's think of some illogical situations, hypothetical situations, and just straight up worry about them. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like trying to go to sleep and I'm like worrying about, like, just... I don't even know what. I don't even know what. I couldn't tell you. It just happens. But I've always been a worrier. I would be laying in bed when I was little. I'm like eight years old. I'm like stressed as hell over our financial situation. And like, yeah, like we were, it's not like we were rich. Whoa, I just kicked the blind. Sorry. It's not like we were rich. We weren't poor though. You know, we were, we were, money was tight sometimes, but we also were, you know, we were okay. We had a house. We had food. We, we we were fine. We were able to get nice stuff sometimes. Like, we were we were doing, you know, we were okay. I would be laying in bed worried as fuck all the time. All the time. Just like, yo, we're going to run out of money. We're not going to have money. We're going to live on the street. And I just would go down this spiral all the time and worrying and worrying about money. My parents would be like, oh, like, let's go out to eat somewhere like to celebrate you, like, your basketball game or whatever. Like, where do you want to go? And I would be like, I don't know. Nowhere. Nowhere. Like, nowhere. I literally wouldn't choose anywhere because I was, like, so anxious about them spending money. Even if they, like, offered it. You know what I mean? Like, I would be like, why aren't you stressed about the money? Like, what, why, why are we going to spend money? You know what I mean? And I held a lot of that in when I was younger. But um, I would talk to my dad sometimes about it. But uh, anyway, uh, that kind of, you know... I'm still a money worrier to this day. Um, I'm very particular and cautious about my spending. Um, but yeah, I would worry about a lot of shit. I'd worry about my house burning down all the time. I'd literally be rehearsing the drill that I would do if I woke up and there was a fire or someone 
like a gunman in my house, I would be like, okay, I'd wake up, I'd grab this box that's in my closet, I had a box like ready to go, and then I would go and I would get my siblings and I would run them into my parents' room and then I would get my parents and then we would all climb out their window or we would call the cops or we would hide in the closet, call the cops, like something. I was always thinking of all these plans, all these like escape plans and all these just hypothetical shit that, ugh, oh my God, I, yeah. That's, you guys get the gist. It was just constant and it was exhausting. It would literally keep me up at night all the time. I'm gonna start to wrap this up. Just a few more things. How to help someone. If you are on the other end of this whole, uh, like my story and what I've been talking about, if you're on the other end of this and you aren't experiencing it, but you are witnessing someone experience it or you know someone that's experiencing this, here's how you can help. Be there to listen or talk, whatever they need. It literally, it literally, someone just sitting there listening to you and just, you know, feeling like you're being understood is extremely valuable and extremely helpful and very, you know, underrated. You know, you got to make people feel heard and loved and valued and, you know, just, just special in their own way because you don't have that sense of self-worth when you're that low you literally you could be a like freaking like olympic level athlete and you have so much to offer but if you're that low you don't see any worth in yourself it doesn't matter what skills you have it doesn't matter what you can or can't do like you don't have that self-worth you don't see what you, you don't see your potential and your capabilities don't take that lack of empathy or communication personally because people that are that low they're going to be very they're going to lack that communication. I've been there. I have been such a shitty communicator and it has fucked up so many friendships and so many relationships and it's hard as shit because they don't understand and they take it very personally, but sometimes I you know, you shut down. You don't, you can't communicate. You don't, you don't think about it. You don't give a shit to, you know what I mean? Like you don't care to reach out to anybody. You don't care to talk to anyone. You, you don't communicate and it's nothing personal. You might not be empathetic of someone and be like, oh, like, I don't, I don't even know you. Like you just straight up don't have feelings. Like if they tell you something that happened and you just don't really like react, you don't seem to like care if it's like exciting for you. That's not like, like. If someone tells me about something they did exciting and I'm, you know, sitting there and I'm just like, oh, like, that's really cool. Like, nice. Like, okay. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not jumping up and down, but I'm, you know, acknowledging it. If you're expecting me to jump up and down and I'm like at that low point, like, I'm, you're not going to get that. Okay. We don't have that sense of like that level of emotion, you know what I mean? Like you can't, you literally don't experience emotion as it is. You, you're not going to feel some like elated, joyful, overwhelming feeling when your friend, you know, has a good, you know, date or I don't even know, like they take a cool picture of themselves and you're like, oh, cool. It's not me not caring. It's not that I like am trying to be rude or like, dis you know like just kind of wave it off and like just kind of you know act like nothing like you know 
it's it's not me trying to invalidate it it's just me if anything I'm trying more than anything to validate it and I'm trying so hard to seem excited because I am but I don't know how to show it and I don't have the energy to show it I don't have the you know you know you guys are getting what I'm saying but yeah uh don't take it personally if someone doesn't have that you know empathy or communication skills like it's it's hard it's very hard it's you know you you gotta when someone's struggling that bad with themselves you you can't take stuff personally like that because they're not themselves and um yeah it's 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 hard but that's that's how it is understand that they are just as confused as you if not more confused honestly when you are at that point you don't understand why you might like scientifically brain chemicals you might you know like situation wise like oh like i just you know like my parents just split up but then the at the end of the day when you don't see your self-worth and like it's that low and you don't care and you don't want to be there anymore and you are willing to act on that and you plan to act on that it's so confusing because you see other people out there you're like they don't get it they're out there living their lives they're out there you know thriving and you know just doing stuff and you're like why am I like this why do I not have any motivation to get up out of bed let alone go travel or go you know get this cool job like whatever people are doing around you like it's it's so confusing. It's so confusing and it's so easy to beat yourself up about it because I've been there, done that quite a few times. It's confusing. So if you're confused, trust me, they're confused as well. Last thing, don't throw the terms around. I said this earlier. Don't throw depression around. Don't throw anxiety around. Don't throw OCD around. Don't throw schizophrenia around. Don't throw... uh anorexia bulimia like don't throw all this shit around don't throw all these terms around because it invalidates people who actually are struggling very badly with you know those things their thoughts are valid and if you you know invalidate the terms in itself it's going to make it harder for people to not only understand them but like reach out and like you know be able to feel like you can talk to somebody because if people are making jokes out of it and people aren't taking it seriously why would anyone take you seriously you know like if i hear you you know making a joke about how you're like you have you're like depressed about you're depressed because you haven't gotten up yet or whatever you're i don't know you have ocd because you want to clean your room no 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 that is not that no (laughs) no (laughs) That is gonna make me feel like, oh, I can't talk to them about any of this because they don't get it. They literally just completely like took the the like strength that that word has and they just completely invalidated it. It's like they just like tossed, like the, it has no meaning. It took all meaning out of the word. So put that into perspective. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys learned something. I know it was on the longer side, but I did have a lot that I wanted to say. I honestly have a lot more to say, but 
Uh, I can only talk for so long. My dog is gonna lose her mind. She wants to go outside. So I'm gonna go walk my dogs now. Um, I really hope you guys learned something from this. Maybe it helped you put some things in perspective. Um, whatever, if it, if it helps anybody, at least one person in some way, then, you know, that's, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm uploading this. That's why I'm talking about it. Um, my social media, uh, Instagram, Chloe.better, C-H-L-O-E dot V as in Violet, E-T-T-E-R, same as how it's spelled on the, um, name of this podcast. Uh, every Friday I will be uploading, so make sure to stay tuned for next Friday's episode. Uh, subscribe or follow me on this, um, page if you haven't already. And thank you guys so much for listening. Let me know your thoughts on this episode through Instagram or however, um, depending on, you know, how close you are with me and what, you know, contact information you have. But uh, let me know. Let me know whatever you guys want to hear about. Let me know if you want to hear more about this topic or a completely different topic. Uh, No ideas, bad ideas. So let me know. I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Go learn something. Go do something outside. Go be present, you know eat a vegetable, drink some water. Y'all know the drill. All right. Thank you guys. I'll see you next week. Bye.